Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Still talking about every prayer answered. Amen. We started a journey last week talking about uh, it is God's decreed will or it is our heavenly father's will to answer every single one of your prayers. Amen. We also discovered that the foundation for prayer or the primary purpose for prayer is fellowship. Someone say fellowship. Uh, Better known as developing a relationship. And we discovered that when you focus on the prayer of fellowship or when you focus on making prayer fellowship, God will take care of the rest. Uh, We discovered through scripture that Adam prayed, even though he did not have any needs to pray for. I mean, he lived in a perfect environment, and yet the Bible says he fellowshiped with God every noonday. So today we're moving right along uh, to find out what the scripture has to say about uh, this thing called prayer. We're going to be on this journey uh, for a few weeks uh, coming up. So today let's start in Ephesians chapter number 6 verse 18. Ephesians chapter number 6 verse 18. And I want to read this particular one in the NIV, the New International uh, Version of the Bible. NIV. Watch what it says. You can look up. It says, and pray in the Spirit. Someone say pray in the Spirit. And it says on all occasions. Now, let's stop right there. If the Bible instructs, and we know in Thessalonians, he also instructs us to pray without ceasing or without stopping. Now, if prayer was a certain posture that you have to do in a secluded place, right now I'm not praying. I'm preaching. So that means I'm out of the will of what the Bible is talking about. So prayer is not restricted to kneeling down and putting your hands together and praying the way we know it. Prayer is not restricted to making your requests, though there is a prayer of petition where you can make your request. Prayer is essentially just not presenting your grocery list to God. It is an establishment of fellowship. And because God says he will never leave you nor forsake you, David said, if I make my bed in hell, you are there. Fellowship continues even when I'm preaching. That means I can pray on all occasions without stopping. Do you see it? Let's get practical with this. Uh, Spirit, on all occasions, with all, someone say with all. Notice what he says here. He says with all kinds of prayers and requests. So there are different kinds of prayers. Amen. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Now, he says we should pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayer. So that reveals to me, at least, that there are different kinds of prayers. Amen? And I want to submit to you this morning that these different kinds of prayers are to your benefit. God is a God of uh, uh, variety. He loves variety. He also hates monotony like you and me. 
He loves variety. So he has given you all these different kinds of prayer that you can fellowship, commune, and uh, just hang out with your father and develop a relationship. Amen? And today we're going to be talking about one of those different kinds of prayers. In fact, starting today, uh, going onwards, we're going to talk about meditation. Someone say meditation. meditation. We're also going to talk about praying in tongues. Someone say tongues. Tongues. This one is hot. We're also going to talk about prayer of petition. And I know y'all waiting for this one. Prayer of asking. The prayer of agreement. The prayer of consecration and intercession based on the Bible. Amen? I said amen. So today we want to start with meditation. Meditation is a form of prayer. It is a form of prayer that aligns your thoughts to God's word. Let us go to Psalm chapter number 5 verse 1. Man, the message you're about to hear today can radically change your life if you apply it. The way it has changed my life. Watch what it says in Psalm 5 verse 1. It says, give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Next verse. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for to you I will pray. So he's talking about prayer. And here he says, give heed or pay attention to my meditation. So this shows us that meditation is prayer. Now the reason I'm starting with meditation is it is the closest form of prayer to fellowship. Now, here's the problem we have in the church, man. Let me just say this up front. A lot of people go into the prayer closet, and they're full of faith, and they make their requests full of faith, but when they go out of the closet, they let their thoughts run wild, contrary to the very thing that they were praying for, and they still expect it to come to pass. It's not going to come to pass. Your meditation has to be in line with your prayer or your request that you made in the closet. Amen? So meditation is a form of prayer that changes uh, your life. That word meditation comes from the Hebrew word uh, haga, from the Latin word meditatio. So it's basically a transliteration. It means to ponder. It means to mutter under your breath. Remember what God said to Joshua in Joshua chapter number 1 verse 8. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. In other words, you are walking around saying it or muttering it under your breath. What do you say to yourself under your breath? Because that's your meditation. And he's saying, may my meditation be acceptable unto you, O God. How do you make your meditation acceptable to God? By bringing it in line with God's word. And here, I'm not talking about, you know, Eastern transcendental meditation, you know, yoga and stuff, where they're trying to uh, empty your thoughts and fill you up with all the demonic stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Bible, Christian meditation that seeks to fill you up with God's word so that you can produce a life. And meditation is everywhere in scripture. It means to ponder. It means to matter. It means to contemplate. It means to, 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 to marinate. It means to ruminate, you know, like a cow chews card. It means, man, you stay on that one scripture until you get all the life out of it. Amen? Let us go to 1 Timothy chapter number 4, verse 15. And meditation is valuable. It is one of the most beneficial, valuables, uh, valuable forms of prayer. Meditation. It is like leg day at the gym. You know, all the big guys with the big muscles, the bodybuilders, they don't show up for leg day. You know why? 
Because after all, I'm going to be wearing trousers. No one sees me. But it's the most beneficial. When you go for these competitions, they judge you on legs. They're looking at how strong your legs are. And it's the same thing. Meditation is a form of prayer that you can't wear on your sleeve. You know why? Because nobody can hear your thoughts. But tongues, you can shun the machine. Ooh, did you hear those tongues? <laughs> but meditation, you can't flaunt it. Except when you manifest it. Amen? Now watch what it says in 1 Timothy chapter number 4, verse 15. What's the first word? I didn't hear that. Come on, preach with me. So meditation is there in the Bible. Did you see it? It says meditate on the... In fact, let's start in verse uh, 13. Because I know y'all like scripture. So let's start in uh, uh, verse... In fact, verse 12. 12, So we can read uh, the pretext and get the context. This is the Apostle Paul writing to his son, spiritual son, Timothy. And he, Timothy is getting ready to take over the church at Ephesus. And these are the, this is the advice he gave to him. He said, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Next verse. Till I come, give attention to what? To reading. Listen, there is a place for you reading the word of God. You have to give attention to reading God's word to exhortation and to doctrine. Give attention to this. He says, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Next verse. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. I want to read it in the King James Bible. There's a word I want you to see there. Please give it to me in the original King James Bible, if you will. Yes, that's the word. He says, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them. So meditation is when you give yourself wholly to a concept. It is when you, when you give yourself wholly to a subject in God's word. Some of you are struggling with healing. You want to meditate on healing? Give yourself wholly to what the word of God has to say about healing. Some of you are struggling with finances. You have to give yourself wholly to what the word of God is saying about finances and how to run your finances according to God's word. Not half of you. Wholly. Remember, faith, is uh, doubt is simply being divided. Doubt is simply giving God a part of you. James describing doubt or a doubtful man, he says a, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, and let this man not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. So all you have to do to go into doubt is not to be given wholly to something. When you are given partly to a concept, you are already in doubt. Hallelujah. So meditation is when you give yourself wholly, when you are single-minded. The Bible says, if your eye be single, then your whole body shall be filled with light. And that's what he's saying here. Meditation brings you to a focus. It brings you to your concentration. When you meditate on stuff, you know, I'm going to show you some scientific facts of what happens when you actually meditate to stuff. He says, meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them. And here's the reason. So that thy profiting may appear to all. Whenever there's meditation, you're going to see words like good success. Uh, Joshua chapter number one from verse eight onwards. He says, meditate on these things. Do not let this book of the Lord depart out of your mouth, 
meditate in it day and night. Seek so that you may make your way prosperous and have good success. And here he's saying, when you give yourself holy to it and meditate, your profiting will appear to all. People will just see the fruit on you. You won't have to try and convince them. He says your profiting will appear to all. So there's profit in the Bible. And it comes through meditation. Amen? So I'm going to share with you three things that you get out of meditation. Let us go to Mark chapter number 4 verse 17. Thank you, Jesus. And I know I'm talking to a generation, you know, that loves talking. But there's a place for talking. But we must realize that the children of Israel were silent for seven days and only shouted for a moment. We like to shout for seven days. (laughs) And be quiet for a moment. Amen? Man, there's a place for talking. But in prayer, you should be listening. Prayer, in fact, is the only thing that I know where the one poor, uninformed person tries to tell the all-knowing one how to run things. Okay, all right. Moving right along. Man, just sit and listen. It's prayer. And get the downloads. Amen? I'm going to get the board, Mashi, if you can give me the board. Uh, Mark, chapter number 4, verse 17. And this is Jesus talking about the parable of the sower. You remember the story? He's talking about the parable sowing a seed, and there are four types of ground. The first one is the wayside, which is basically someone who lacks understanding. The second one is the shallow ground, which is basically someone who lacks a conviction, someone who lacks depth in God's word. Amen? And it says when persecutions and trouble comes, they are immediately offended and they stumble. The third one is the thorny ground. The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches just come and attack the word and it is unfruitful. So there are three types of grounds that don't produce any fruit. And only one that produces fruit. And the one that produces fruit, he calls it good ground. But today we want to zero in on this specific uh, ground. He says, and they... uh, Let's go to verse 16. Verse 16, please. Then we'll go to verse 17. These, likewise, are the ones sown on stony ground or a ground that lacks depth. When they hear the word of God, immediately they receive it with gladness. So these people are not indifferent to the word of God. They are not God-haters. These people come to church. They love God. They receive his word with gladness. But how come there is no fruit? Because I'm looking for fruit. And let's fix the fruit issue so we can start seeing some fruit in your life. Amen? And it tells us the reason why they don't see fruit. They have no root in themselves. That's the problem. The problem is root. The problem is a personal conviction. They have heard that when you give, it will come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall man give unto your bosom? But it's just a good idea. It's not yet a personal conviction. And because of that, when they are shaken by circumstances, they are quickly offended. In fact, it will be shaken. Anything you receive from God's word will be tested. You know why? Because watch what it says here. It says they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. They tithe for about three months. Man, I've been tithing since 2009. In good days, in bad days. In good months, in bad months. And guess what? It's a personal conviction. It has become a personal conviction. It is not dependent on the circumstances. Man, I stand in healing 
all the days of my life. It is not based on how much pain I have. I'm standing on healing. It does not matter. Even if it takes a week to fight off a call, I'm standing on healing. Even if it takes a year to fight off something, I know it is God's will. See, the problem is somewhere along the journey when we don't have a personal conviction, we quickly get offended and we say, it doesn't work. Man, this thing doesn't work. I knew it. I knew this healing thing was a hoax. I knew it. It doesn't work. And then we get offended. He says they can only endure, but for a time. And the problem is the root system. So how do we get the word of God to get into our hearts and establish a root system? That's what we're going to find out today. Man, it's going to be good. It's going to be awesome. Uh, The Bible says in Proverbs uh, chapter number 27, 23, verse 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I want to submit to you uh, this morning that your heart that he's talking about here is not your blood pumping organ. How many of you agree that you don't think with your heart? He's talking about something else greater, and I'm about to reveal it to you. He says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Notice he didn't say, as a man thinks in his heart, so will he become. He says, if you think it at your heart level, you, you is already it. It's the best way I can put it. You're already it. If you think it at a heart level, you're already it. Man, I know this is practical, but this will radically change your life. So every human being has a, 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 a mind. So this is your mind. Let's just say, and your mind is not your brain. Your mind is higher than your brain. Amen? It's in its own league. Your brain helps your heart. Your brain is shaped by your heart. But your mind is spiritual. Now, in your mind, you have two compartments. In fact, by percentage. This is the the conscious mind or the rational mind. And this rational mind is a gate. It's also known as the male part of your mind. And the female is always bigger. They always have bigger space. This one is the heart. Better known as the subconscious mind. Should have put a space here. Better known as the subconscious mind. Uh, It is also called the female. Part of your uh, uh, mind or of your anatomy. And when the Bible says, uh, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, it's not talking about this area here. And here's what happens when God's word is being taught like this this area is assessing everything. And here's what typically happens because the word of God, oh man, this is good. The word of God is seed. And what happens when the seed meets with the womb of a female? There's conception. But here's the deal. The seed has to go through this dude here. And sometimes this dude be tripping. I'll tell you why this dude is tripping. Because when this dude here has tides, this dude can trip. And tell that seed to go back to Maslatini. Now what happens to seed that goes back to Maslatini? There's no conception. Some of you have been hearing the word a long time. And by taking conception, I'm talking about taking roots. So these dudes had the word of God, but it was here. 
So when they were challenged, they quickly moved into rationality and said, this doesn't work, and they got offended and told the word to go back to Maslatin. And this is where most of us get stuck. Watch what it says in Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 23. Ephesians chapter number 4, uh, verse 23. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 23. Watch what it says. Just look up. Look up for a second. And he says, you know, Romans chapter number 12, verse 2. He says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So he's talking about renewing of your whole mind, right? Right? So that you may be able to prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You know the scripture? Now, this one takes it a little further. He says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The spirit of your mind is this dude here. He says it's good to be renewed over here. It's good for the word to make sense. But that's not renewal. That's not going to produce anything for you. Be renewed right here in the spirit of your mind. Take the word of God and throw it in here. But you have to deal with rationality first. Because some of you, man, when we tell you lay hands on the sick and they will recover, this dude tells you to send it back. So that word never reaches here. So how do you get the word? And this is the difficult part, to break this wall. In fact, man, let me give you this one for free. This one's for free. This one's for free. You're not going to pay for this one. The only thing that can breach this, only thing in the world that can breach this rational mind and just come from wherever and go straight into this is music. It's the only thing in the world. It's the only thing. That's why you have to be careful what kind of music you listen to. In fact, sometimes you may not even be listening. Just walking around the mall. And then when you get back into the car. Kiki, are you with me? Are you gone? Where did that come from? Where did that come from? I didn't sit down and write these lyrics. I didn't study it. You know what it did? It breached. There are some chords these guys can play. Listen, this is why we start with praise and worship. Because we know exactly what we're doing. You know, it's not just something we copy and paste. We know exactly. We want to get this bad boy, this God down, so that by the time the word comes, it's going straight into this part. And when it goes straight into this part, there's conception. Ideas are born from this part. Creativity comes from this part. But you have to start thinking it at a heart level. And meditation is one of the principles that helps you to break down this wall. So that concept can go right into here. And you know this wall? This wall here is cemented or fortified by things like worry. Man, when you live in worry, all the word of God is going to do is get here and bounce. This thing here is fortified by things like uh, strife. This thing here is fortified uh, by things, anything that is contrary to God's word. Negativity. Sometimes you get a brilliant idea. 
How many of you have ever gotten a brilliant idea? In fact, I have friends who uh, write code and they do all these things, and they tell me, you know, Pastor T, I actually had the Facebook idea before it became Facebook. And I say, why didn't you act on it? This dude told him it was stupid, so they sent it back where he came from. So negativity. Have you ever been in meetings where someone is trying to bring ideas? In fact, they do it in Africa. I don't know why. Everyone who's educated, they have a master's, they have a doctorate, they have a PhD, they think it's uh, 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 intelligent to poke holes into a creative idea, even in its infant phases. You could be in a meeting at work, in a boardroom. Have you ever seen people who just, man, you're trying to show them this brilliant idea God has given you, and the first thing they say is, ah, it never works, ah, it will never work. You know what's happening? It's negativity, and it's stopping ideas from coming into this place. Now, meditation breaks down this wall. Worship breaks down this wall. Praise breaks down this wall. Reading God's word breaks down this wall. And stuff just starts going into this place. And you start releasing all kinds of creative ideas. In fact, meditation, scientifically, it has been proven that meditation will help you release dopamine. Now, dopamine is the single uh, 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 most important ingredient, chemical ingredient in your body that is solely responsible for creativity. And when you meditate in God's word, you increase the amount of dopamine produced in your body. And you start getting all these crazy, creative ideas. You know, when the Bible talks about streams of income, it's going to come through bringing ideas into this place. You know, about a month ago, uh, we were sitting at at our house, and uh, we were just thinking about how we were going to start getting uh, extra income from the gifts and the callings that God has deposited on the inside of us. And my wife said, you know what? I have an idea. I said, what's the idea? She says, I have a beautiful voice. I said, really? She said, yeah. I said, well, let's make money from it. I said, man, let's record you and put something on voices.com. True story. Three weeks ago, we recorded something. And this, was a, this came in the spare of the moment. While you're just busy having dinner, but you're open. This, this, this dude here is down. You're not stressed. You're not worried. You're not in strife. So this dude is down. When the ideas come, they're going straight into this place. So we said, okay, let's apply. So we put a voice on voices.com. Sure enough, within two weeks, because the anointing is involved when you start operating in this place. So the anointing went and opened some doors. Favor started uh, flowing, and uh, we got a call from Netherlands. Hey, we want your voice for this advert. How much do you want from us? Really? Say yes. So we sat down and said, uh, let's put 450 US dollars. Let's see if this thing really works. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was, I was skeptical. I'm like, man, I don't know. I'm just tagging along. I'm like, Lord, prove to me that this works. So these people say, okay, we'll give it to you. Uh, when can we record? They tell us, you know, we need to record on this day. So we set up studio. Now, I don't know anything about studio, but I believe I can learn anything. You know why? Because this bad boy here has the power to learn anything. This bad boy here, man, if you expose this dude to any, any, anything, any discipline, this dude can learn any discipline. So I started learning. I started reading up on him, and I became a producer overnight. <laughs> and when they called, we spent about five hours. And they're saying, do it again. One line. Five hours, man. They just, they just do it again. Do it again. We want you to high pitch. Man, I'm getting annoyed now. I'm really, really getting annoyed. I'm like, man, this is hard work. So we finish this thing, we send the files, and we wait for God to do what he does. And then on Friday, I get a notification that the money has hit the account. 
I mean, this is just something that we were not even planning on. This is just something that none of us have gone to school for. But guess what? As long as the guard is down, God will begin to give you ideas. When you start meditating and you increase that dopamine, man, creativity starts flowing out of you. Positivity starts flowing out of you. So this is why we are saying meditate on these things. It has been proven scientifically that you get value out of meditation. And when you start thinking and meditating at a heart level, so are you. Man, a lot of people have not been sending stuff into their hearts. And here's the sad part. When you don't send stuff into your heart, Satan will just come and plant weeds. You use all kinds of stuff. In fact, when you meditate on worry and stress and problems and negativity, you're actually planting weeds. You're sending some kind of weed. But here's the cool part. Weeds represent darkness. When the word of God comes as light, it displaces all darkness in a moment. And I'm telling you, when you start sitting and letting the word of God get out of the shell, out of the cocoon. When you stay in one scripture, man, we need to move away from this idea of just reading, speed reading through the Bible to be spiritual. Man, you need to stay on one verse until you know it. Until it's become life to you. You know, just two weeks ago, one of the ushers came to me after the service, and I'm sharing, I'm sharing this because I want to show you how practical this is. It's pointless for me to be theological, and you walk out of here, and you've, you can't do anything with it. Let me help someone. If you're looking for a job, you have about eight hours of meditation that you can use. And here's the cool part. When you start using it, everything that is in here is used to paint what I like to call the canvas of your imagination. How many of you believe that God wants you to prosper? How many of you can see yourself in a Bentley? Most of you tilted. I can guarantee you, most of you tilted. You're like, ah, pastor. You're trying to find a Bentley in your... You tilted, you know why? Because it's not here. Whatever is here, that's what you're going to use to paint the canvas of your imagination. Amen? So, you need to spend time meditating in God's word. What was I talking about? Oh yes, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I remember that. Two weeks ago, uh, uh, the, the landlord here came looking for me in the first service while the service was going on. Came looking for me. One of the ashes told him, no, the guy is preaching. And uh, he went back. And after the second service, he came out to look for me. Never had a, a, a relationship with this guy. We've been tenants for a little over five, six years now. And never had a relationship with this guy. Uh, I gave his wife one of my books. In fact, two of my books. He read about these same things that I'm teaching you uh, this morning. In fact, every book I've written has has a meditation chapter in it. That's how important it is in my life. I believe if you can meditate on God's word, you can change your life radically to look different than what it looks right now. When you start taking advantage of what God has given you in your mind, when you start taking advantage of the canvas that God has given you to paint, Man, I'm telling you, you, your life can look different from what it looks right now. 
Amen? So he's reading this book, came looking for me, and uh, I was preaching. He said, I'm going to come back. He came back after the second service. He said, man, I've been looking for you. There's some things you're talking about in your book uh, that, I'm real, that really get me excited. I have a course that I've written uh, that, you know, fits perfectly with your book, and I need you to check it out. And if you know me, you know, I'm not quick to respond to any invites to go and sit and listen because I know whatever words I'm listening, whatever words I'm receiving, I'm shaping my life with them. So I'm really, really picky about what kind of words I receive. So just this last month, I said, you know what, let me go and check it out because he was on my case and he's the landlord anyway. You know, he may, <laughs> may want to discount us for the rent. So I came and checked it out. And this time they were doing uh, what they call strategy planning or goal setting. And then they got, so they start at a place of struggle, and they graduate you to stability, and they get you to success, and they get you to significance, and then they want you to start uh, thinking about legacy. Now, legacy is a problem, because legacy, they ask you to jot down something that you want to be remembered for 60 years after you're dead. My mind tilted, because I wasn't thinking that far. And I couldn't think that far. And yet the Bible encourages us to think that far. It says a good man leaves an inheritance for who? Man, I tried in my mind and I couldn't. You know why? Because I hadn't been exercising my subconscious mind, the spirit of my mind, my heart to think that far. In fact, I had regressed the potential to immediate gratification. And most of you have, where you're just thinking about Nando's today. <laughs> and yet God has, has given you the potential to shape what your life will look like next week, next month, in five years' time, and in ten years' time. And you need to start using that potential today. Let's read one more scripture. Then we close this thing. One minute? Okay. Joshua, chapter number one, verse seven. If you're writing down notes, write this. Meditation makes the person and the object of meditation one. So if you're meditating on love, you and love will become one and inseparable. If you're meditating on worry, you and worry become one and inseparable. When you're meditating on fears, on stuff in the newspaper, you and that stuff will become one. And this is why the Bible says in Romans chapter number 16, be, be, be wise concerning that which is good and simple concerning that which is evil. Invest your mental faculties in the good and it is prayer. Because God is watching what you think about. It's either bringing fellowship or a separation between you and God. Man, you need to start thinking in line with God's word. And meditation is simple. Just take one word from God's word and start thinking on it. Look at it from every angle, from the top, from the bottom, from the side, from another angle. Man, draw all life out of it. If it's prosperity, if it's healing, this is how God deposits gifts in people. It is people who are heavily meditated on subjects. You can't just come. Listen, you can't just come from a Latini and write a song uh, like the last one we sang. It's impossible. You have to be heavily meditated. You have to connect to the spiritual realm. 
Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. So all of us in here have this challenge to live a heavily meditated life. Joshua chapter number 1 verse 7. This is God giving final instructions to Joshua as he's getting ready to take over uh, the promised land, uh, Jericho. He says, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may prosper. Again, he's talking about focus. <laughs> Meditation is focus. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Focus. What do you focus on in a day? I'm not saying this to condemn you. I'm saying this so we can try and uh, uh, realign your compass to focus on God and focus on what he says in his word. Amen? Next verse. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, matter it, but you. Who? You. So God is not going to do it for you. You have to do it. The pastor can't lay hands on you. And then you fall down and you get up meditating. No. You have to meditate. Amen. He says, you shall meditate in it. In the word of God. Day and night. But pastor, I work a job. I'm a busy man. I'm a busy woman. I crunch numbers. Well, I have a question for you. When that woman, that man, broke your heart 10 years ago, how much time did you think about it in a day? Well, pastor, I thought about it all the time. Well, that's meditation. Just use it in God's word. You already have the potential to think on something all the time. You were just using it to think about a problem. Now use it to think about solution. To focus on what God's word has to say about your life. Amen? And this is how we live our lives, man. We want to be heavily meditated. In God's word. But you shall meditate in it. Day and night. So that you may observe to do. Notice the doing only comes after meditation. A lot of people have been trying to do stuff. Without being meditated. And they always hit a brick wall. Because it becomes manufactured. It becomes theatrics. Whenever you try to do. Without meditation. It's just theatrics. You know when you, you saw this pastor. Take off his jacket and then. And then all the people fell down. He was meditated in that. Now you try to do it. You take off your little jacket from Markham's. Nothing. No one is. Everybody is like, what? What's up with that? It's not working. Man, listen. This thing called meditation has so much power. People have been taking advantage, advantage of it even in the negative. If you go to India. They are these little assassins, I think they're called. Uh, uh, they can levitate chairs through meditation. And you are a child of God. This thing was created for you. That's just a counterfeit. You have the real deal. Amen. As a man thinks in his heart so easy. Jesus was heavily meditated. You know what he said? He said, I only do the things which I see my father do. Psalm 62, verse 11. You spoke once, twice I heard. How does God speak once and you hear it twice when you continue to meditate on it? See, most people are still on. You spoke once. I didn't even get it. 
This dude says in Psalm 62, 11, you spoke once, I heard it twice. Because I started meditating, I started replaying it to myself. Amen? He says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night and observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, someone say then. Yeah. Someone say only then. It's only then. Man, the Christian life is an inward manifestation. Uh, it's an outward manifestation of an inward reality. Oh, let me make it uh, plain for you. It's just an accumulation of your thought life. What we're looking at right now is what you think all the time. And I know it ain't cool, but what you see in your bank account is what you think all the time. Because God has some creative ideas waiting on you, but if you think you don't have access to them, guess what? You you are right. He says in Deuteronomy 7.17, if you say in your heart, these nations are mightier than we, how can I dispossess them for you? So God is saying, he's not going to overrule that which you say in your heart. Not what he says. He says, if you should say in your... Notice he didn't say, if you should say in your brain. Again, heart. Once it gets to heart level... God is not in the business of abortion. He will let it stay there nine months. And bingo, you have a child. And here, if you say in your heart, if you speak this impossibility, open quote, these nations are greater than I, then God shows up and he says, how can I help you? Did you see it? God is saying, the ultimate decider is your heart. Once it gets to heart level, it's over. It's coming to pass. Go back to Joshua, chapter number uh, 1, verse 8, as we close. He says, uh, so then shall you make your way prosperous. Someone shout, I can make make my way prosperous prosperous by by choosing what I meditate on. He says, only then shall you make your way prosperous. And I'm so glad. He says, shall you make your way prosperous. He didn't say, shall your neighbor make your way prosperous. He didn't say, shall your economy make your way prosperous. He didn't say, shall your mama. He didn't say, shall your daddy. He didn't say the pet, the hog, or the dog, or the frog. He says, you. He says, you. Shall you make your way prosperous. And then, who? You. Will have what kind of success? Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Man, you can have good success by choosing your thoughts. And your thought life is prayer. It's the foundation of prayer. So you're praying all the time. Just make sure your prayer is acceptable to God. Every thought must be investigated to see if it's in line with God's word. And we want to pray that this rational mind that has been telling you that God's concepts are just not true. That man, we want to cast that thing out of your heart. 
And for some of you, it's not loud. It's, 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 it's not loud, but it's there. It's sneaky. It just tells you God is a healer, but he's not going to heal you. And you believe it. It's sneaky. It tells you God, God wants people to prosper, but not you. And it keeps telling you. And you rationalize it. Because you go back and you start looking at your metric. And you start uh, looking at how you did in school. And you start looking at what the newspaper is saying. And you rationalize it. And all you're doing is making this wall fortified to stop God's word from going into your heart. So that it can produce beyond your limitations. I mean, I've seen well-learned people. People who have education. But they have a mind-thought-like problem. And they just hit a brick wall all the time. From job to job. They think if I get, quit this one and get a new one, it's going to get better. But the problem is not out there. The problem is in here. And that's what we need to deal with. Man, you need to approach God's word as if it were true. Watch this. 100%. That's the first place. Don't try to rationalize it. Try to make a sense out of it. If he says it, I believe it, Amen. and that settles it. If he says he's a healer, man, I'm standing on that healing That's word. Right. Well, I'm trying, still trying to figure out how putting my hand on someone will make them healed. It's just not going to make sense. You take that seed and you throw it out. I'm still trying to figure out how someone of my color, how someone of my uh, education uh, qualifications, how someone of my nationality, all the excuses just fortify the wall. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got everything to do with your thought life. All we need to renovate is your thought life and change your thought life so you can start thinking possibilities. In fact, most awesome songwriters will tell you this about great songs that they write. It came to me. And when it came, I let it in. Man, you've got to let it in. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. Father, we break every wall of rationality. We break every wall of negativity. We break every wall of worry and anxiety, which reduces dopamine. Father, we break it in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray that every heart under the sound of my voice is good ground. It is ready for your word to come and be sown and germinate and produce 30, 60, 100 fold. Father, we thank you that our meditation will be in line with your word. That our meditation will be acceptable to you. Lord, we thank you that you are releasing, again, creative ideas, witty inventions. Wild dreams like never before. Father, we thank you that as they come, we will capture them. Lord, we thank you that these, your children, will know no limits. Because they will receive your word, which is full and pregnant with potential. The incorruptible seed of God's word. We know that there is nothing wrong with the seed. It's our hearts that need to be ready. And right now we pray for every heart. That is, we go to the marketplace. 
ideas will flow. Ideas for journals. For those of us in the educational fraternity, you've been sitting and wondering, where am I going to get these 20, 30 journals that they need me to produce? Ideas will come. And they'll come from above. And as you capture them, it'll be like journals that have never, that they've never seen before. It'll be things that they've never heard before. Creative ideas will follow you. Possibility. Father, I thank you that your children will begin to see themselves in the future. See themselves as royalty. See themselves as kings and priests. See themselves as above only and never beneath. See themselves as blessed. Father, I thank you that you're changing the pictures, the paintings in the canvas of their imagination. There's a new picture. There's a new canvas. That which is based on God's word. That which is based on victory and favor. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. And everyone say it. Amen. We love you. God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by...